Welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio. Join us each week as we delve into some of life's most complex questions. It's time to explore the unexplained with your hosts, Karen Frazier and Rick Hale. It is Thursday night. If you can hear our voices, you're exactly where you need to be. She is Karen Frazier. I am Rick Hale. This is Paranormal Underground Radio at hazyradio.com. Welcome. So, Karen, how are you doing tonight? You know, it's so stupid. I'm getting laryngitis. I have no idea why. I feel fine. Yeah, it's. I was. Uh, it, it does sound like you're a little bit under the weather still. I, know, I feel fine. Uh-huh. I'm losing my voice, and all the men in the house are rejoicing. So, there you go. Well, yeah, that's because now the, all their problems have just ceased to <laughs> have just ceased to be. <laughs> I know, nag, 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 nag. That's all I ever do. No, so uh, so what what is going on in the la- in the uh, last week of your life? Um, Anything? Oh, good? a lot of Olympics. Yeah, we've been watching that around here too. Theo yeah. loves it. I'm sure it's, I mean, there's some really cool stuff, guys doing flips on skis, and, you know, there's all sorts of stuff. Jim Jim watches it, and he, he watches it faithfully every night. I kind of, I kind of come in and out, and, you know, sort of, I got other stuff to do. I'm a busy person, but um, yeah. let's see, what else? So, you know, I mentioned that we had an investigation a couple weeks ago that we were really excited about, but I couldn't say it where it was. Right. Well... So it's at the Lewis, it was at the Lewis County Historical Museum, which we used to investigate all the time. Okay. And that we weren't allowed to get back into for circumstances beyond our control. We went right. two years without being there, even though I volunteered at the museum this entire time um, as a volunteer. Okay. and But we were able to get back in about a month ago, and I just finally got permission to talk about it. And, Fantastic. Um, yeah, we got some fantastic evidence there. We got, if you go to... Um, the South Sound Paranormal Research page on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I posted a Class A EVP that we got that's just wonderful. Okay. And um, really good EVP. And, um, you know, had some pretty significant personal experiences. So we're thrilled to be back, and we hope that, you know, this is the beginning of what is, once again, a long long relationship. Because, you know, it's great to have places that you can return. And we have... Right two right now one of them is one that i can't tell you about um, okay. because we are is still confidential and the other is is the museum so we're just absolutely thrilled to be back in there oh good yeah yeah, yeah it's it, it's it's really great when you have that that place that you can go to again and again and again and it's just you know getting more and more um evidence that the well, place is indeed haunted mm-hmm. and and you know at the museum and also at wellington what I've discovered is that um, we do get the same voices on EVP. Um, mm-hmm. They may say different things, but the voices are the same. And we get them kind of in the same locations and, you know, and, and with the same inflection and the same tone. And, and so there is some correlation that you can make. So even though it's not exactly repeatable, so, you know, they're not saying the same thing every single time, mm-hmm. we're still getting the same voice saying something different. Right. In a responsive way to what we're doing. Right. You know, plus at the museum, um, I've talked about this quite a lot. We've had a lot of, um, let's just call them flying objects. Oh, like the pen. Yeah, over the years. And a book and a pencil and a bowl. 
worked and yeah we've had lots of that over the years so okay it's yeah that sounds just like oh sorry no that's all i'm done oh yeah that's uh that's definitely um maybe it's somebody that just doesn't want you there mm-hmm. i actually have a theory about why it is okay. um and I need to spend some more time sort of looking into it because actually what happened at the museum and the reason that we weren't able to investigate there for a couple of years is the previous director embezzled money from the museum. Right. Um, like the museum's entire endowment fund. And um, I suspect that the spirits were trying to communicate that at the time that it was happening. That you know what it's it, unfortunately it's too bad that that kind of thing is completely inadmissible in court. You just cannot use it. The, a <laughs> ghost, a ghost tried to tell me that this person was ripping up, r- ripping him off. Sure, sure, absolutely. But I still, I, I feel like that, and so I'm interested to see if we continue to have items thrown now that that's all resolved. Mm-hmm. You know, the, good you know, the court case is over. I mean, because this was a few years ago that this all happened now. Right. So I'll be interested to see, but that's that's one of the things I suspect. So we're happy to be back in there. It's uh, been, you know, a really important place to our team, and, and it was tough for us to be out of there for two years. Right. So how yeah. about you? Um, well, I just, well, let me let me make sure that Nancy is not, nope, she's not in the, oh, wait a second. Cuddle bump. Okay, I got to make sure that she doesn't come in the in the chat room because, um, still we're going to be doing some filming uh, for um, the ghost tapes too that I'm involved with Luke, and uh, we're going to be filming at the uh, Sci-Fi Cafe in Burlington, Wisconsin, which is allegedly one of the most haunted places in the Midwest. Um, we have gangster spirits, we got little girl spirits, we got uh, Indian chief spirits, we got. All kinds of stuff that's going on there. Well, former brothel, Capone speakeasy. It's just, it's going to be a really fun investigation. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward when are to you that. doing that? Uh, a week from tomorrow on the 28th. So exciting. I know. It's, it's going to be, I've been there once before and the place is just like, it's, it's it's a haven for nerddom. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they've got like sure, a sure. ton of like sci-fi stuff that you can buy there, books, magazines, paranormal type stuff, and it's just it's a it, it's it's a really fun place. So it's a Rick store, is what you're saying? It is a Rick store, yes. <laughs> so um, you know, quickly though, we we need to preview who our guest is tonight. Um, Tonight, we're going to be welcoming back to the show Dave Considine. He is a religious demonologist, um, as well as the founder of Phantasm Psychical Research, or I'm sorry, Psychic Investigations. So uh, it's, it'd be good to have him back on. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. We'll have all sorts of good conversations with him. And yeah. also, Cheryl had an announcement, so I'm going to let her make that. Cheryl. Thank you. Uh, we do. We do. Yeah. We have an exciting announcement for the magazine, Paranormal Underground Magazine. And we previously announced that we were available on Apple Newsstand, that we had an app there that readers could go to. We also now have one on the Google Play for Android Android devices. So if you go to Google Play and you look in the apps, you'll find one for Paranormal Underground and you can... Uh, Download the app and then check out our different subscri- subscriptions that we offer. Very good. We are definitely taking over without a doubt. 
So if I go to my app store, I can download the Paranormal Underground app in my app store? You can. Mm-hmm. Mm, I'm doing that now. Ooh. <laughs> I know, right? Isn't that exciting? This is happening is. live on the air. That is First exciting. I have to find my app store. Oh, there it is. Find it. It's happening yes, live, because folks. I know, it's happening live. This is like so okay. dang exciting. First of all, I thought you had Apple. I do. I'm in the Apple App Store. Oh, I thought oh. you were in the Google App Store. Okay, so if you go to Apple and then Newsstand. Oh, so it's not just in the App Store. It may be in the App Store. I know it's in the Newsstand for Apple. I'm For sure. I need Paranormal to, Underground sure. Magazine, it's in the App Store. Yeah, so it's in the App Store and the Newsstand on Google. Uh, App on uh, Apple's newsstand. Yep, that's it. And I, it's the f- app is free, but the magazines are uh, a little bit of a charge, right? Yeah, yeah. The app is free to download. The subscriptions range from a dollar ninety nine for a monthly subscription, um, and then if you want to do a yearly subscription, it's significantly discounted. I think it's nineteen ninety nine for twelve issues. Okay. Well, okay. and the best thing is that I actually searched paranormal underground because I <laughs> typoed because fat fingers and um, it still pulled it up. That's pretty good. Good. Yes. That's awesome. Alright, let's do this. Let's go to break. Um, we come back. We'll talk to Dave. Sound good? Sounds, Sounds good. good. Alright, stick around everybody. We'll be back in just a few minutes. It's Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network. Hi, this is Cheryl Knight, editor for Paranormal Underground Magazine. And I'm Chad Wilson, Paranormal Underground Magazine's publisher. Every month, Paranormal Underground Magazine explores the unexplained by examining topics that range from haunted sites to ufology to cryptozoology. We also spotlight investigators and researchers who continue to pave the way in a field that seeks to answer some of life's most complex questions. If you want to read about topics like psychic phenomena, demonology, conspiracy theories, crystals and herbology, and much, much more, visit ParanormalUnderground.net and start exploring the unexplained today. Visit us today at ParanormalUnderground.net and get a 12-month digital subscription for 15% off the cover price. Do you want to keep up with what's going on at Paranormal Underground? Then tweet us on Twitter at ParanormalUG. Or follow us on Facebook at Paranormal Underground. Meet us on MySpace, Paranormal Underground. There's no need to be in the dark about what's going on at Paranormal Underground. Join us on your favorite social networking site today. Hey everyone, it's Karen Frazier. I'm here with my co-host of Paranormal Underground Radio, Rick Hale. Hi everyone. We invite you to join Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network to explore the unexplained every Thursday night from 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific and other times in the flyover states. <laughs> Each week we talk with investigators in the field, researchers, authors, and experts about topics that include paranormal investigation, ufology, cryptozoology, and spirituality. So please join us each Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern for Paranormal Talk with great guests right here on HazyRadioNetwork.com. Hey 
Hey, this is Karen Frazier, writer and radio host with Paranormal Underground. Since I wrote my book, Avalanche of Spirits, The Ghosts of Wellington in 2010, people have asked me what happened next. In my new book, Dancing with the Afterlife, a paranormal memoir, my Wellington story continues. Dancing with the Afterlife is more than the continuation of the Wellington story, however. It's also the story of a lifetime of afterlife research and paranormal encounters. What I've learned has changed my life, and it might change yours as well. To learn more about Dancing with the Afterlife or to read an excerpt from the book, visit DancingWithTheAfterlife.com. Thank you. This is Hazy, and you're listening to the Hazy Radio Network. 
The views expressed and the opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Hazy Radio Network, its affiliates, or sponsors. All shows are independently owned and broadcast for entertainment purposes only. Hey everybody, welcome back to Paranormal Underground Radio at HazyRadio.com. We are your hosts, Karen and Rick. Joining us tonight is a return guest, a religious demonologist and founder of Phantasm Psychic Research, Dave Considine. Dave, thank you so much for uh, coming back on the underground. Rick, thank you for having me. I do appreciate it. Thank you, Karen, and most of all, thank you, Cheryl. Cheryl Knight, awesome producer. Oh, thank you, Dave. Looking forward to she, it. She is. You know, Cheryl doesn't yeah. get enough credit for what she does because Rick and I take it all. That's so. right. On her LinkedIn and, and her page is so long. She's involved with so many things. She's busy. Uh, She's a busy, busy. It was like a scroll. I just kept going and going and going. Well, it's the freelance writer. You know, freelance writers tend to have their fingers in pretty much every pot. So, because we you can't just have, have one on thing. <laughs> you need to have Cheryl on as a guest. I, I, like I said, I read her on LinkedIn. No. She is fascinating. No, no, so, I'm uh, I'm not a good guest. No. Prolific. <laughs> he is. So how, you know, how's the everybody there? Never shuts up. So. How you guys doing? I heard you. Uh, you have a little bit of a drought. We have a lot of snow. We can give you. Oh. <laughs> well, I yeah, don't 20, have a drought. I'm in Washington. Yeah. It's raining here. We're flooding right now. I'm so I'm the one Cheryl with the drought. drought. That's me. Sure. Yeah. And Drought, I'm flooding snow. It's the end of the world. <laughs> Quite know, possibly. Right? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm about 40 miles north of Chicago. And uh, we, I think we've, my wife was telling me today that she heard on the news 67 inches of snow so far this year. Oh, my goodness. <sighs> you know, that, there, that, that's, that's past my, I mean, that's me basically walking and you can't see me. Yeah. You know? I'm, I'm only five foot eight. So I would yeah. just disappear altogether. I'm about the same height. So it's, uh, I don't think we'd be uh, doing too well. We'd probably freeze to death. They find us in the spring, though. <laughs> you know, yeah, maybe they can lacquer us and make statues of us. I don't know. It's a good thing we have shelter, guys. That's all I can <laughs> say. This is true. Good thing it's yeah, not a million so, years uh, how, how has everything been since we last talked? Oh, you know, the usual. We're busy people. I've been checking have... out the online magazine. It's been it's all, it's awesome. Have you been I enjoying it? Oh. I love the way you put it together. It's just everything is just sectioned out, and uh, it, right in the front it tells you the, the topics that are going to be in that in that issue. It's just it's very easily accessible um, online, and also you can order it off of uh, McLeod, as you guys say. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. and it's it's very I, cheap. It's not it's not even yes. that expensive. Well, you can come on anytime. You're doing a good job. Um, <laughs> I, I have to say though that you know once again we have to give credit to Cheryl for all of that. Right. You know, she's 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 the worker bee. She does it all, and um, she we're just out, the talent, Dave. She has she has consistently put out a fantastic product since the magazine started. How many years ago was it? Now, Cheryl, four, five, six. It's mid two thousand and eight. Five. It's a long time. Yeah. A coast to coast AM cannot have her. Oh, you know, when we actually originally started with the magazine, that was one of the goals, Cheryl, is that we wanted to get on Coast to Coast AM, and we still haven't. It was. And yeah, we that still was have one of it. our goals. Yep. And you're doing fantastic already, so <laughs> you're on top of the world. Who needs yeah, them? She, no, not talking kidding. to me, but I mean, talking to your other guests, but you're on top of the world then. <laughs> me, I'm a little spooky. It gets a little bit hairy, so... Okay. Unfortunately, when I come on, I think on every show, and I listen, to, I listen to some of the shows that I'm on. I, I listen back, and it's like this is just gothic. 
<laughs> it's, 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 it's spooky stuff, you know? Yeah, actually, very little scares me. Um, I and get yet, all the time. And yet, demonology stuff kind of freaks me out a little bit. And the thing is, is that I don't necessarily... I, that's not part of... Because de- I believe demons are a faith-based thing, yeah. and, and so that's not necessarily where I come from. And so maybe this is a good place to start our conversation for people listening is um, demons. Because what I tell people is demons are a faith-based entity. So are are demons, I mean, are there actual demons like in the like you see in the Christian religion where they come from hell and they work for yeah. Satan and all of that stuff? Oh, yes. Um, there are infernal spirits, but also there's the, there, the demon can also infer a wicked dead person. See, when we refer to things that have never walked this earth, even you, in your spiritual sense, have never walked this earth. Your corporeal body has. Right. When something is earthbound. But there are other things also in that realm of, quote-unquote, hell. And these can be wicked spirits, too, ancient ones. You have a world here that's a haunted place. Uh, think of the world as a mansion. We live in a big haunted house. How haunted? So, what's that now? How haunted? How haunted? <laughs> uh, pretty haunted. I mean, uh, we're going to be going to this in a little while, but I mean, all this activity that you're seeing, not just ghosts and poltergeists and demons per se, but also UFOs, uh, Ben and Black, yeah, Mothman phenomenon, Bigfoot. All of these, like I said, we're going to discuss this, but uh, yeah. they all have the same modus operandi. They all have the qualities are the same. The, the way they express themselves, the way they smell, <laughs> uh, it yeah. seems to be there's a connection here. So we have a haunted world. And John Keel, uh, a prolific writer, a uh, great journalist, a research journalist, he had written a book on our, ha- on our haunted planet. It's a very good book. Hmm. Um, yeah, you know, it's uh, now w- one of the things that, that we wanted to talk about tonight. Um, now, I, I love uh, stories of high strangeness. And it's um, definitely when when I talk to people about high strangers, I tell them that it's you know, that that it's like any kind of phenomena that makes the you know the veteran paranormal investigator just scratch their head and scream to the stars. But um, no, why don't you explain to us what exactly is high strangeness? Well, it, yourself being you know a person that is inclined to do that, you would be considered a fortian, and a fortian okay. is a person who looks into these strange anomalies. Right. So right off the bat, you know, um, and your your question was directly. Can you repeat that one more time? I'm um, just as well. What exactly is high strangeness? Because it's something that you hear quite a bit, yeah. and it does confuse people, and they don't quite understand. Well, it's kind of hard to describe. I mean, it's, it's something outside the norm. It's something that's. Uh, it seems to be at this high strangeness. Um, its characteristic is fleeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems to bring a synchronicity to a person's life. Anyone who experiences it. Okay. Um, it's just, it has certain qualities to it, but this high strangeness, one of the things is um, that it affects you personally. It seems to have a personal effect. And I think that's one thing that's, that scares people about the demonic, is the personal nature of that. Not just the religious end, but the personal nature that can come visit you. This is something where high strangeness is, it's, um, and you can't, another thing about the high strangeness is that you can't explain it to somebody else. So if you saw like a Loch Ness Monster, or you saw a UFO, or you have a haunting in your house, it's very hard for you to relate to other people, because how do you talk about that? Yeah, what there's a certain sense of ineffability you about it. You feel alone. Yeah. 
So I guess that's probably um, a start to an answer. That's okay. in relation to high strangeness. It's something that's very personal. Um, it's something that can be different to other people. Uh, you can have two individuals experiencing uh, an event in high strangeness, but they view it two different ways or see it two yeah. different ways. Let's look at the apparitions of the Holy Mother in a particular country. I'm not going to name the country or, or the incident. But then also, at a different angle, people saw UFOs where people were seeing the Virgin yeah. Mary. Yeah. So this high strangeness will show itself to those who are watching. Okay. It seems to be more prone, this high strangeness, whatever is that that intelligence behind this this, this puppet master, as it were. <sighs> um, it seems to be, it, 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 it focuses on you individually, it focuses on um, the masses, of course, but it also, like I said, is fleeting and leaves you wondering. And that pondering also is empathy, so it draws it closer to you over time. So when sure. you start to go into this, and a lot of times when people experience something of high strangeness, they in some way become involved with it. Um, maybe they were abducted, and all of a sudden they become a preacher of, of UFOs, that they're going to save the world, and that they want you to help the planet, all these things. Or yeah, maybe they see this, like a Virgin a Mary, and all of a sudden they're religious, and they become ministers. Yeah. and all. You cannot, we have to be very careful of this high strangeness, because when, it, when anything changes us, when it makes us outside of ourselves, when we do something after an event like that, where it's outside of our character, I think we mm -hmm. better be very careful. So this high strangeness is dangerous. Yeah, so do you think, because what you just said is, or what I heard you say, is that three people may have the exact same high strangeness experience, but interpret it differently. So do you think that all of these things that are happening, um, that they're actually all of the same origin, and it's just how we interpret them? Yes. So let's look at a crossover case or two. You sent us a really good one in an email. You want to talk about that, and then we can sort of break it down and, and to, into its, its parts and really delve into it. Very famous case. It was, the case was actually first looked into by the police department. This is the case of Stephen Pulaski, Pulaski actually, uh, October 25th, 1973. There was a party of 15 people at his house. Out one of the windows, they saw a strange craft. It was a glowing orange craft, and it landed in the field. Or actually, it was about to land in the field, it looked like. Stephen went outside the house. He brought his rifle with him. When he proceeded to go into the field to inspect this craft, he saw along the edge of the fence line two creatures. Now, they weren't these hulking Bigfoot-like creatures, but they were more akin to... They had. They, he didn't describe them as having long snouts, but they were more akin to these lanky werewolf-type creatures. Their eyes were glowing green. Now, if this is something of a, of, of a natural creature, its eyes are not going to glow green. Now, right. when he um, saw this, he became very frightened. He fired a tracer bullet above their heads, not to hurt them, because he didn't know what they were. Now, they started to proceed, they proceeded to come towards him. He fired directly at one of them. Now, they turned and walked into the wood line. The UFO disappeared. Now, after that, a few seconds later, he became what you could only consider to be a uh, uh, possession. He, uh, his whole personality changed. He turned into an, a wild animal. He attacked other people who came out uh, that were witnesses to some of the events. They came out to, to help him uh, because he had collapsed. He was on all fours. He attacked his own dog. As a matter of fact, he jumped up and chased his dog. His dog ran away, uh, was very, very frightened. Um, he smelt like sulfur for three hours, up to three hours afterwards, and this was witnessed also by the police. 
So no. why do we have Bigfoot, a UFO, and a man possessed? And this oh, was looked into by MUFON and Stan Gordon and also George Lutz. And like I said in the in the email, it's not the George Lutz of the Amityville Horror. This is another researcher. Uh, he had since passed away, but the great UFO researcher, as is Stan Gordon. Um, but um, very strange. And it's it's this is a, like you said, it's a very, it's a primary example of a crossover case. You know, uh, even yeah. with. Um, the idea of, of the three things that happened there, I mean, why would that be happening? You know, it, it's the same thing, I mean, we, just to go a little off that case, I mean, there are people who are contacting these things with Ouija boards, these aliens. There's something spiritual here. You know, something and, and that seems to, um, and, and also, uh, Stephen Pulaski, uh, it was found out by Stan Gordon a few years later that two men in black came to his house and interrogated him, put him into some type of hypno-regression, and extracted information from him, showed him pictures of creatures, uh, craft and creatures, and they left abruptly. So, I mean, you have a, some strange phenomenon going on here. You know, and this is not the only time that this has happened. Even in the Mothman down in West, uh, 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 Pleasant, West Virginia, there was men in black, there was werewolf creatures looking at people's houses, there was balls of light that were witnessed by even John Keel. He was controlling them with a flashlight. Every time he pointed the flashlight at them, they avoided the flashlight. Now, and then you yeah. have Mothman on top of it. Also, poltergeistic activity was happening in that town. <sighs> Many times right. people have uh, abductions. They have poltergeistic activity in their houses. Look at that's the movie true. Close Encounters where yeah. the schools are coming out of the ground and the toys are moving around. Yeah, that's true. Right. You know, Dave, we were talking a little bit, um, uh, the, the, uh, the three of us, before we uh, started the show. And the... The case of Stephen Pulaski pretty much happened about the same time that one happened here in uh, where I live in Lake County, Illinois. It's called the Grass Lake Incident. And, yeah, it started the same thing, people seeing orange lights in the sky. Uh, People were – their homes were being invaded by creatures with glowing green eyes, no less. Um, and there was, you know, I don't think it was any men in black, but I, I do believe that it was investigated by uh, William Dennis Houck. And it, it just seems that these two cases are connected somehow. Do you see like a pattern or a connection between all high strangeness cases? Well, we have had um, through the years uh, triangulations of cases mm-hmm. where we have cases in certain areas. And if you look on a map, they seem to form triangles. This is something, this is a mm. phenomenon that was first pointed out to me by Ed Warren. Okay. okay. It's something he came across, and it seems to be it's around a certain area. So there might be openings, like you have the Bermuda Triangle, and you have these places in the desert, the, these secret sites, these ley lines, Clapwoods uh, Clap uh, Forest over in Europe, uh, over in England, I should say. Uh, these areas, they seem to have, uh, there's a way for them to come in and out. Also, people have seen these creatures walking in and out of trees. I have video of three-toed tracks walking right into a tree, and as it's walking towards this tree in the snow, the footprints get smaller and smaller and smaller and closer and closer together, and all of a sudden it just stops in front of the tree. No further oh, that's tracks. that's weird. Wow. They're not so, part of this world. So who's messing with us? I don't want to get too religious here, but uh, there's something, there's something, well, it's not trying to help you. It stays hidden. It stays in a larval state. It doesn't give you too much information. Basically, let's you rot. Um, I think uh, even if you're not a religious person, this sounds like something negative. It sounds like something that. Um, how can I put this? 
like I mentioned before, a puppet master. Right. It's something that like to, to and it has no real no feelings. It's some type to of what mind purpose? behind that. <sighs> control. Even Jacques Vallée talked about a control system. He he felt uh, even in his book uh, Messages of Deception, he described a nearly control system. You know, a lot of these right. researchers that were involved with even even Project Blue Book, like Heineck, he he didn't believe that they were from outer space. Even the the, the, the UFO craft or the alien uh, the subject matter, it was interdimensional. Now, when a scientist says interdimensional, they're, they're really saying spiritual, because if they said spiritual or if they said you know it made any religious type of they'd be uh, laughed out of science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they'd be drummed so, out um, of the core, darn it. Yeah, I mean, look, look, I mean, I was talking before. Um, uh, uh, people contact these things through, uh, through um, Ouija boards. Colonel Friend, who was uh, one of the heads of Project Blue Book at the time, he had been called in on a case about a woman in Upper Maine. She was contacting these alien entities uh, via automatic writing. They had visited with this woman. When they had gotten there, they went there with a, a few personnel. Now, she was showing them with automatic writing um, you know, what, what, uh, how she communicates with them. She was in a trance state. Well, they're communicating with the aliens through her, and she's writing out automatic writing. At one point in time, it taught it. It communicated to them that one of their officers could could stand in her place. His Adam's apple started rapidly going up and down. He started automatic writing, and he started writing not in his own hand. They asked to see one of these UFOs as proof. They asked her questions. Uh, matter of fact, when they were asking her questions, there were questions that technically she could not have answered. They were very technical questions, very scientific questions. She answered them spot on. Now, when he did this, the officer, the young officer that was picked uh, by Colonel, Colonel Friend and the other individuals, the higher rankers, um, they asked him if they could see a UFO. He, he spoke to them. The alien spoke through the, this person and told them to go to the window. They went to the window. They saw a craft. Three radar sites went down exactly at that time. This is Colonel Friend saying this. That was the head of Project Blue Book. Mm-hmm. Right. And pretty much like with uh, Project Blue Book or Grudge or anything like that, even even if they did come across something that was truly unexplained, they were still pretty much expected to say, you know what, it, this is what it was. Was it completely natural? It was of our world. It's a weather balloon. Yeah, the weather balloon. Lynn, Lynn E. Coteau, who had done the... Um, Oh, what was it? I'm trying to think of the... Hold on a minute. Let me get the name of this. So I can see it right on the air. Hold on. Okay. Give me one second. Let me sure, get the sure. audience wave. Sure. I can sing the Jeopardy music if you like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Lynn E. Cattell was commissioned by the United States military. She wrote a... Uh, it's a book that's... Uh, it's called UFOs and Related Subjects in Annotated Bibliography. In a statement by her... She stated in the book, in the premise, a large part of the available UFO literature is closely linked with mysticism and metaphysical. It deals with subjects met, uh, like mental telepathy, automatic writing and invisible entities, as well as, well as phenomena like poltergeist, ghosts, manifestations and possession. Many of the UFO reports now being published in the popular press recount alleged incidents that are strikingly similar to demonic possession and psychic phenomenon. And the source is UFOs and related subject matters and annotated bibliography Bibliography, Volume 19, Issue 2, Lenny Coteau, Library of Congress. Mm-hmm. And mm. you, you remember this, uh, Edward Condon, who did the Condon Report, destroyed all the information. that With, with that book that she has, with all the information, all of the research information was destroyed immediately. Why? 
Why well, indeed? You know, obviously, because it's like, hey, we want you know, we don't want people to know about this now. But and let me ask you something now. Considering with cover-ups, what do you think the purpose of a cover-up is? Is it to protect us or is it to protect them? I wonder myself. You know, being in the work that I'm in, I know that these. But while I feel it's a spiritual thing, it works on empathy. I'm wondering if the government is just letting the people think it's a physical creature from another planet so that, because if they thought what it really was, they would give too much empathy towards it. It would get worse. Could you say that another way? I don't quite understand what you're saying. Well, in a spiritual situation, uh, when you uh, give empathy towards the spirit, it can come closer to you. It gives you strength. Okay. So this particular subject matter, if you think of it as a spiritual thing and become afraid of it, you're giving it credence. Okay. So the phenomenon okay. will increase. Did you ever notice? I don't know if you've, you've studied the you know UFOs, the Bigfoot, and whatnot, all these different subject matters. It, yeah. it, during wartime, we get more sightings of strange, high strangeness during wartime than any other time. Well, a lot of people say that's because they're really interested in knowing about us. Uh, for example, there was um, Bigfoot's interested Roswell. in knowing about us. Well, sure. Wouldn't you be? Come yeah. on. Well, no. We're I like mean, less hairy and smaller. <laughs> we smell different. Well, how come their eyes are glowing green and red and whatnot? And there's a woman. There was a woman up in Canada. She had a a, a real teepee. It was actually made by a shaman that was up in up in Canada. I forget what area, but um, she had done a drumming ceremony out, uh, for a friend that had passed away. She ended up with three Bigfoots, two of them with glowing green eyes, one with red, that looked into the flap of the tent. She was terrified. Inside the house at the time, <laughs> oh her family was experiencing uh, dark shadows passing through the house. Wow. Okay. But here's so, the interesting... I mean, there's so, such a strong emphasis on spiritual. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and people see it even down to, I mean, I don't want to go, you, you guys know me, I go all over the place. I mean, even mm-hmm. down to seeing pterodactyls in the sky or somebody seeing a, a dinosaur like the Loch Ness Monster, what makes you think that's a solid object? You know, the, I don't want to confuse your audience, but the White Lady of Union Cemetery, are you familiar, familiar with that? Yes. I okay. Am. She was hit by a truck. It dented, she dented in the front of the truck. Do you know about the story? Oh, yeah. Uh, definitely. Okay, well, what makes anybody think that the, something like the Loch Ness Monster, where that man was going in the speedboat, hit the same thing? I mean, what makes us think that that's a physical creature? Well, what what would make me think that's a physical creature is is that these are animals that appear in the fossil record. Uh, Bigfoot, for example, sounds very much like Gigantopithecus, and yep. Loch Ness Monster sounds very much like um, a plesiosaur. I'm a little bit more able to Man, believe. Man, you're a dinosaur geek, Rick. I am a total dinosaur geek. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm more apt to believe that there are relict populations of Gigantopithecus, which you know died off a mere ten, fifteen thousand years ago, rather than something that died off sixty five million years ago. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I can I can see more of there being Bigfoot, Big Feet, Yeti. Uh, Yeren, uh, Almas, Sasquatch, whatever, before yeah. I believe in anything like the, Lo- the Loch Ness Monster. I see what you're saying. I know maybe the Loch Ness Monster could be a gigantic snapping turtle. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. Maybe that's why they can't find it, because it snapping be turtles go all the way to the bottom. Could be right. a log. So, Dave, I want to ask you about a phenomenon that's really gained a lot of attention lately. And you may know nothing about it, or you may have a few theories. I'm guessing you have a few theories. Let's talk about black-eyed kids. Mm. Do you have theories? Phenomenon is men in black. 
You think it is? Oh, yeah. It's just a different form of them. So what is it? It's just another agent of this force. It's an agent of the force. And the yeah. force is a force of evil, you believe. Well, you know something? Uh, Ravana had Rakshasa, and Rakshasa can take on any form they want. They can appear as a relative. This is back in the Indian Vedic text, back in ancient mm -hmm. times. Uh, it would be very hard for something akin to, if we want to put it related to that, Rakshasa creature, which is very... Matter of fact, Rakshasas are... Uh, the description of them fit Bigfoot. So they could change any form that they want to. So they could be a little child, or they could be an adult person, you know, but uh, there's always something strange about them. Yeah. There's always something a little peculiar about them. Yeah, so we get this creepy feeling, Yeah. because What's clearly that there's... And it, that feel, you, you get that... Feel, now, now, keep that in mind right now. I don't mean to cut you off, but keep that no, in no, mind. No, no, I know the feeling, feeling well, trust me. You, now, okay, now, now you're walking through the forest. You don't yeah. see anything. You don't hear anything. You don't you sense know anything. But all of a sudden, you become afraid. And then all yeah, of a sudden, you see there. a Bigfoot. What caused that fear? What is that fear that people are talking about? Why are they feeling something before they even, at all of their corporeal senses, feel anything? How can they start feeling afraid? Well, because they I can tell you. dread and doom. I think it's because um, we have a very finely tuned system so that we can flee from predators and i believe that we are intuitive and i believe that i believe that we've turned that part of ourselves off to some extent but that Absolutely, we can yeah. that we have an intuition of, against our natural predators and enemies absolutely we get the same but the, you know and the thing is is that we get the same feelings when we're in a demonically infested house well you get the same feelings when you're around a pissed off ghost yeah, and that's what I was going to ask. Spiritual, something spiritual it seems to brings out something in us. Yeah, there was a uh, there was a very uh, good study. I, I'd have to look back. I know I had the PDF on it. It was a study called the Smell of Fear, and um, they had found out that dogs track human beings by the sulfur they put out from the skin. Very interesting uh, um, yeah. uh, study. So but Chad has. Be, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Chad has a couple questions for you. He wants to know if you ever read Operation Trojan Horse by John Keel. Some of it. Okay. I don't Has, agree with everything he says. Okay. And then he also wants to know what you think about the Hudson Valley, New York incident. And I don't know what that is, so, you know. I'll well, Philip and Brogno covered that extensively. And I'm friends with Philip. And uh, it, it was absolutely real. We had multiple witnesses. Um, you know, it, it's... It seems to be we get these flaps. You know, we seem to get this um, this this uh, this area that that has high strangeness, like uh, Rick was speaking about before. Um, this it's a very strange thing because um, Philip and Brogno had found out that that um, the a lot of these sightings were around ancient um, stone. These no one could figure out who built these things, but seems to be around these ancient stone monuments that are all through the woods in that mm -hmm. area and there seems to be a connection to people uh, individuals who have gone into these caves have come across spiritual creatures at times so i think that you have areas that um maybe even like places like point pleasant and whatnot these are areas that maybe there was ancient worship at the time you know so maybe you're, these real sure. big hot spots are places where there was worship at one time so it created yeah. a spiritual energy a portal something like that you know something that yeah. there's a way you know, a way through. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I want to ask so you... so accessible oh. to them than normal, you know, than coming into yeah. someone's home. 
then okay but if that's the case then why aren't churches rife with this stuff what do you mean being haunted yeah haunted or you know Bigfoot comes in and plunks himself down in a pew and I would love to see that, by the way. That would be like the... That'd that would be really cool. <laughs> that would actually get me going to church again. But please, Dave, go ahead. <laughs> well, a lot of people... There's a lot going on with the, with the church, you know, especially within the Catholic faith, and I think that people just... <laughs> they're very confused. And I think a lot of things were covered up, and people just, you know, the lack of trust. That's the big sure. problem with that. Sure. I would agree with that. So I no. want to ask you about um, possessed people. Mm-hmm. or people who are reportedly possessed. Sometimes, in the things that I read, it seems like they break the laws of physics. They crawl on the ceiling, or they float, or, you know. Um, they Things happen in people that are possessed that wouldn't happen in a normal, healthy human body. Mm-hmm. What's that all about? Well, is it really happening to that person, or is it something that the people who are experiencing it are seeing it? Oh. A kind well, of like I a psychic of projection, like, right? Sorry. What I'm trying to say is it's more for us than we think. So so say that um, somebody I know is possessed, and I'm sitting there in the room watching this. So yeah. it's not about the person that's possessed. It's, a person, it's about the person who's sitting there? Well, it is about the person possessed, but it's... It's influencing you. Doesn't How's mean it you're influencing possessed. It just means that the, that power is there, and it's, it wants to affect other people, either to scare you away or to confuse you so that you don't feel strong anymore. Okay. It, it wants to see the weakness. It's, it has the nature of the wolf testing the fence. And okay. it would have no problem with going, you know, going with somebody else from from that exorcism. If you're, you know, involved in an exorcism, too. If it, yeah. if that person is not uh, a, a, a proper vessel anymore, well, it's just going to go to the next person, and maybe part uh, to the person who was involved with the exorcism, one of the party, one of the team. You yeah. can have a soul victim. Sure. So, so one of the okay. things about the demonic is that I think that makes it very frightening to people is because it is so personal. That one there yeah. is so personal. Yeah. No. So I want to I want to tell you about a case that we had a couple of years ago. Um, it was a house nearby. Uh, a couple was renting it, young couple with a baby, and they were having some things in the house, um, including like the baby was in the baby seat on the counter and the, it got pushed off the counter, oh, things it. like that. So we came in on the night that we went to go to the house. Go to the house. I went to the store and I picked up some items, and you know and. I, of course, kind of knew what was going on in the house. I'd heard about some things. And so, of course, my tab at the store comes to $6.66. And I thought, well, that's a good sign. So I get to the house. And as I'm driving to the house, a name pops into my head, which I, and, and I don't know crap for demons, okay? I don't. I don't know much about them. But I looked up the name later. I didn't, because I understand you're not supposed to say the name. And so I looked it up later, and it turns out that it is a demon name. And there was something in the garage of that house that was really, really dark. Now, is this me watching too much TV, or is there something to that? It could be something that's trying to affect you or to, just to get you to pay attention to it. Um, trying to give a good example here. Um, I had a friend of mine, the same thing. He would be seeing 666 on license plates, but he was also involved with the casework with me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay. very strange that you mentioned that. It's uh, it, it very well could be just um, you know something involving in the case where there's a synchronicity. 
You're finding cases that you start getting synchronicities mm-hmm. where you'll know, I mean, even to the point where you'll start knowing that stuff's on the radio or something's going to come on the TV set, but also noticing things that you probably wouldn't notice before. Sure. Um, I don't think, um, you know, it might be just a subtle sign to let you know um, that something's there. I mean, when you get that 666 and you get these other... It, it, Sorry maybe, about um, my dog. <laughs> something to let you know, uh, a sign for you, maybe it's something good. I, I left uh, David Glotzel's house, you know, the um, uh, where demons dwell case. Uh, David Glotzel, uh, you know the Glotzel family? Yep. Oh, yeah. In okay. fact, I have that book. The, I, have, I have that book about that. You know, I spent a lot of da- time with David, and when I when we drove away from his house uh, four times on four different channels, we, the devil went down to Georgia, and he told us he, that he was, after this, he was moving down to Georgia in that area of Tennessee and Georgia, and uh, we had the devil went down to Georgia play four times on the car radio on four different channels, and when we got to the diner, two kids walked into the diner, and the first song they picked was Devil Went Down to Georgia off the jukebox. Oh, diner. my goodness. Hmm. Yeah. So when you have these, you're calling them synchronicities, and I'll take that. So as I have these kind of weird little things happening as I'm on my way to this investigation, how do how do I best prepare myself for that then so that something bad doesn't happen to me? Don't make the case personal. Uh, treat the case like a doctor, very sterile. Okay. Don't become personally involved. Um, okay. Make sure you're in a good mood. Yeah. Um, any medications that you're, that you're taking, maybe for a particular reason, um, doctor prescribed, um, make sure that you're okay with that and you're in your right state of mind. So don't um, take psychotropic medications or, or take them before I go. I, I'm yeah, not don't take the DMT but... before you go to the house. It might not be too good. <laughs> but, uh, okay. Yeah, uh, you just want to make sure that you're in the in the proper state. Just make sure that you feel strong. You know, um, it's not particularly a spiritual person or religious person per se. It's just that you know you have that blocker up. You're not a person who's predisposed. Just act like a rock. Okay. You know, well, make sure that you you feel you visualize that there is that wall around you. I don't <laughs> allow anything to come in. I'm not saying that me. I'm, I'm just I'm just saying in general. You should say to yourself, I do not allow this. I give no permission. I am a closed door. I am here because I want to help. That's it. I have knowledge, and I'm going to help this person. To walk in there, not unlike a carpenter or unlike a plumber, because basically, or even if you want to think about it, um, this person's got a bunch of weeds in their garden, and you know know, how to get rid of the weeds. Right. And sometimes some weeds are a little harder to get rid of than others. So you're going to help them. In a, in, a, in a very natural way, not not just going in the house and spraying it with ortho and saying, hey, you're all set. You're going to work with them. You're going to get through this. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. just handle it very, um, like, a, like I said, like a physician. And, and just handle it with uh, kid gloves and make sure that you're strong. Uh, tell yourself some jokes. Joke around in the car before you go with your team, you know. Make sure you're in a good mood when you get there. Uh, it's good for the family, too. Or the individual. When you get there, you're jovial because, you know, you're probably going to walk into the house. you got all the curtains drawn. You know, as soon as you walk in the house, pop those curtains open. Get the light in there. Okay. The person's well, starting to, you know, they're starting to putrefy. They're starting to yeah. um, become depressed. Sure. Well, now, I don't think if you're ever, I mean, I, I think if you're ever mentally off, you shouldn't go on any type of a paranormal investigation. That's just my own personal you know, whether it's that you're angry, you just had a fight with your spouse, I think that you should never, ever go into an investigation in that state. I agree. It's just, it, it can it can use anything against you, you know. Even when you're in, involved with an exorcism, it'll let you know about that spousal fight that you had. 
Right. It'll let you know what you feel about the person across from you. Right. Because it listens. It, it gets its other buddies to tell us stuff. And they don't tell each other stuff just because they want to tell each other stuff. They do it because they want to get to you. And even if they okay. have to tell another spirit that may have been watching at that time, they get that information. They're not omnipotent, but they can transfer information between each other. It's a whole network. Yeah, it's kind of like a spiritual mob. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's probably the best way to put it. Um, you know, these <laughs> are like... Rules, and, right? Yeah, and these are like... And, and if these creatures exist and i'm saying if and i'll explain a little bit you know why when we come after uh, come back from break but um it they do seem to be very organized in their own little hierarchy or hierarchies uh, okay could you explain that a little further? What I'm saying is, is that they seem to be very well organized. Um, if if these things do exist, they seem to be very well organized. Is there seems to be um, hierarchies? There seems to be soldiers and rulers and you know whatever. Um, do you do you come across this quite a bit? I mean, do you deal more with just the soul with just the ground pounder, or do you deal with the guy who is like on top? I don't think I've ever dealt with the guy on top, but I mean, you know, at any point in time, um, this hierarchy, um, you know, just going back in the religious again, um, the hierarchy comes from ancient religions, even within the Christian religion. This is what gave the hierarchies, you know, the, the desert fathers and, uh, uh, different ones, you know, describing that there was this many of them and that many of them. And these were the higher rankers, you know, uh, Beelzebub and Asmodeus and all these uh, these other ones that are higher rankers and whatnot. I, I I think we're thinking with our human mind. Yeah. Okay. I think it's us, like we were trying to figure out God too. Yeah. Do we really think? Do we think in any way, shape, or form that we could fathom that? I think we better just figure out what we're doing. Sure. I agree. Well, what we're doing right now is we're going to break. Okay. Um, you're going to stick around for another forty-five minutes or so, right? I sure will. Fantastic. Unless my teeth fall out. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Wow. I forgot about that. You're doing very well. Okay, Okay, guys. So stick around. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue talking to Dave about all sorts of interesting stuff. Uh, It's Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Chuck G. Come join me on my new show called In the Dark Radio. From topics such as ghosts, cryptids, UFOs, and more, this is a show you don't want to miss. So stay tuned right here on the Hazy Network from 11 p.m. to 12 a.m. Eastern, right after Paranormal Underground. And let's keep the radio rolling. Ranger Station. Yeah, hi. I'd like to report a bear sighting in the forest. Uh Uh-huh. One second, I'm having a smoke. Next thing I know, I'm face-to-face with Smokey Bear. Wow. And he told me it only takes one spark to start a wildfire. Did you know nine out of ten wildfires are caused by humans? I had no idea. That's why Smokey's famous and you're not. If you see someone in danger of starting a wildfire, step in and make a difference. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Only you can prevent wildfires. Frazier. I'm here with my co-host of Paranormal Underground Radio, Rick Hale. Hi, everyone. We invite you to join Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network to explore the unexplained every Thursday night from 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific and other times in the flyover states. 
<laughs> Each week, we talk with investigators in the field, researchers, authors, and experts about topics that include paranormal investigation, ufology, cryptozoology, and spirituality. So, please join us each Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern for Paranormal Talk with great guests right here on HazyRadioNetwork.com. It starts with an itch and a tingle, and then it builds and expands. And suddenly, all at once, my legs won't let me stand. I scratch till my fingers go numb, but my skin never bleeds. A silent accomplice waits and feeds when I'm asleep. There's something that lives inside me. I promise I never
inside me It's making a home beneath my skin oh. Hi, this is Hazy and you're listening to the Hazy Radio Network Hey everybody, welcome back to Paranormal Underground Radio at hazyradio.com. We are your hosts, Karen and Rick. We have been enjoying a great conversation with Dave Considine, and uh, thank you so much, Dave, for uh, sticking around for another segment. Oh, sure. It's my honor. Great. Um, Now, we were talking a little bit about, actually, we were talking about quite a bit off the air, and there is a lot that bothers me. Um, with this, you know, the, the demon thing. I come from a, I come from a background of parapsychology. That's how I came up in the field, and that's the I learned from parapsychologists reading their works and, and and whatever. There just seems to me to be a ridiculous amount of uh, demon talk that's running yeah. around. Um, it seems to be very sexy right now. It seems that people are pos- that are not possessed but obsessed with the dark side. Um, do you think that this is this stuff is going a little bit on the overboard side? Yes. Okay. It's it's the TV. It's it's books. Um, it doesn't happen every day. I mean, it's you know we have this phenomenon. It's fleeting. It's all over the place. I mean, all over the earth. It's, it happens sporadically. Um, it, it, people are they're prone to want to be scared. It's like a roller coaster ride. Sure. want to feel safe, you know, but uh, I think that it's really setting, the, the, the media is, is setting it into the minds. It don't, tells, you, you know? don't you think that's dangerous, though? I mean, oh, you yeah. know, as, assuming for a minute that, that demons even exist at all, don't you think that's dangerous? Oh, sure, sure. It's as dangerous as video game, violent video games are to what we were seeing in these um, catastrophes and, 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 and terror acts that uh, we're getting and uh, hearing, in, in hearing on the news. Yeah. Well, Let's with talk kids about, going into places and yeah. doing things that they shouldn't be doing. Let's talk about media Let's, portrayals of um, of. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble here. Possession <laughs> and demons. First of all, I, I feel like the media would have you believe that possession is very, very common, and you well, say no, no. Yeah. So how does the how does the media misportray these types of things? Well, I mean, it's, it's it, they don't they don't know what possession is. I mean, there's three stages of it, you know, and uh, one person can go through oppression their whole life and never reach that stage of possession. So, I mean, it's just uh, and it takes it, it, it's a certain track that someone has to follow, and the person has to give themselves completely in. And and in the nature of most people, they they fight, you know. I find most of the time, um, but possession is not something that's very common. I mean, even in any demonic infestation, you're not going to get possession. You know, even if it's a full-on you know, infestation, um, it seems to, to generalize. You know, it seems to focus on one single person. And uh, we have these outward manifestations. You know, this is what we look for. Uh, but um, all in all, I think that they have a misconception of what possession is. I mean, when you look at the movie The Exorcist, her head's spinning around. I've never seen a spinning head. Okay. I've seen blood come out of the eyes. I've seen uh, the face looks like a burnt paper bag. And, you know, like I said before, that's something that we're seeing. But did that happen to the face? Well, it wasn't there later. So, I mean, even in the case of Maurice Thurio and Ed Lorraine Warren's case, Maurice Thurio, the blood that came out of his eyes and his mouth and other parts, and other orifices, when he hit his shirt, it disappeared. So, are you saying that this is like a psychic projection that. Yeah. 
this creature or whatever is getting is giving off? Yes, it's trying to scare you, and um, probably what's feeding yeah, it, it is, like I said, with the with the media, um, you know, things like that. I mean, it feeds the mind, and, and someone, you know, they can believe that they are possessed, and that can become very dangerous because they can end up with a psychosis. They could believe they're possessed. They actually form this demon. They believe it's there. I mean, look at some of these kids with the Zozo on the Ouija board now. Zozo, but, um, are you kidding me? What's that? It's yeah. just a phenomenon. These kids are coming across a Ouija board that says it's Zozo. It's the same thing as this uh, Slender Man and all this other stuff. This is all, oh, it's, it's, it's oh, yeah. you know, and it just it adds to this. I mean, the, the internet is media too. Yeah. You know, you're not going to have, like, going back to the movie The Exorcist, you're not going to have a priest that halfway through the exorcism is going to go down and take a drink from a flask. That's not going to happen. They're not going to pick priests like that. Yeah, there's, uh, it, yeah. I, I, I would think that, you know, if you're going to um, fight evil, then you, then you really need to have your S in, in order. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I was consultant for, uh, well, amongst other individuals, not just me, but other, and, and, that, and this one, The Exorcism of Emily Rose, did you guys see that movie? Yes. I didn't, but I don't watch any of those movies. I usually, oh. I, I just, yeah, they're not for me. I was one of the consultants for it, and also The Devil Inside, which didn't come out, well, exactly the way I thought it was, but um, the, the, the idea of that, I mean, really puts, it, it, it's the way that they spin it. You know, they have to put it in a certain way. Even when we do the A haunting episodes, I don't know if you've ever seen, you know, any of the A haunting episodes. It's not, it is the story. They're telling it the way it is, but they have to put it in a certain way so it fits for TV or the silver yeah, screen. Yeah, I understand. It's okay. almost like, okay, let me give you a prime example of the, of the deception of the media. Okay, uh, dealing with um, UFOs, per se. All right, um, Alaska. We had a movie come out called The Fourth Kind. Oh, I hated that movie. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. Well, those three people. That kid, that movie wasn't based on Alaska. Everybody's looking at the psychiatrist, seeing if she's real. That that movie was based on Colores, Brazil, where there were light balls. There was balls of light that people see in the sky over Mexico. Yeah. I love Try this. Hey, everybody! Welcome back. Um, some little difficulties there, but we are back online. So, Dave, thank you so much for sticking around. Oh, not a problem. Fantastic. Um, now we were talking about. According to Chad, we were talking about Emily Rose, so you were talking about consulting on that. Um, I well, like I said, I think I was mentioning in that um, with those two movies. I mean, they're they're you know the dramatization that they use in those movies wasn't exactly what happened, but it has to fit, you know, with with the um, the time frame that they have to tell the story, how it fits, you know, dramatically. There has to be some certain dramatic license and whatnot, and and like in all the other shows, I think generally what we were speaking about was basically how they present this and how the media kind of warps it. You know, it, the media creates a caricature of possession of of these different, um, even even movies about high strangeness. Uh, we had, I, I think, we were speaking also about some of the phenomenon in relation to how they made a movie about the fourth kind. I think I was mentioning, and yeah. uh, it was really based on Colores. Why don't you just tell them it was based on Colores? When you look at the three victims that that what you're looking at there in the psychiatrist, that's the that's the doctor that was in Colores and the three patients she had that died. People, right. anybody who's listening to the show, watch the fourth kind and then watch the documentary on YouTube about the Colores Brazil UFO uh, incident. You're going to see it's the same phenomenon that happened. You know, it's affecting the people. Uh, it's doing. The, it's just they have to, for some reason, they have to add their own literary license. 
I was going to say, so no Alaska is more appealing, apparently. I reckon. Yeah. And it's closer to home, too, for the American people right. because they were going to release this in America. So. Right, that's true. Right. But so, it throws off the whole idea. It gives people a misconception of any phenomenon. You know, even in the Amityville Horror, that's not what happened. The Amityville Horror right. movie is not anything what happened. No, I know. They didn't show, they didn't show Kathy changing. She changed into a nine-year-old woman at some point in time. When they right. ran outside and there was a thunderstorm outside, if you look in the National Weather Service, at that date, at that time, there was no rain. Yeah. So the conjuring, the conjuring isn't what them. happened either. So What's that? The conjuring isn't what happened either. No, 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 no. That, that scene you see where Lorraine's falling through the house, I, I believe, my own personal opinion, uh, Ed had, had gotten, uh, there was a satanic statue that was found in the woods and the head was cut off of it. The statue was brought back to the house. Lorraine, at one point in time, was being kept in the backyard. She walked by it. She was thrown 20 feet, broke bone in two places. Wow. wow. That was during a case. So I think James Wan talked to her, and they probably took all of these different stories and put them together. Notice Annabelle didn't look anything like Annabelle. No, she did like not. No, she didn't. Wasn't Annabelle a Raggedy Ann? Yeah. Well, yeah. Raga Anna, Raga Anna dolls were uh, used over in the areas of Sweden and Germany and whatnot. These these dolls uh, were used back in ancient times that the, the fairy uh, or the uh, the elemental can imbue itself within this. Uh, one of the fairies' names is called Raga'ana. If you look up the fairies' names, there was one called Raga'ana, and they, they would um, kind of put themselves into this uh, saw sawdust body, and they would able to move, be able to move around with a corporeal body. I'm never looking at a Raga'ana doll again the like same this. way. So, but you know, Dave, I, I do. I it, it really does beg the question. You know, going back to you know parapsychology, um, don't you think that a lot of this, what people are calling demonic, is just it's superstition yeah. rather than actually looking more towards a possibility of recurrent spontaneous psychokinesis or even just a human spirit that has somehow gained the ability to tap into great power rather than just being something that can, like, push a penny across the table. Do you think yeah. there's a lot of superstition involved here? I do, and I think the mind, I mean, a person, it's what they, what they believe. You know, the power of belief can go two ways. Right. You know, uh, look, at, look at a curse. Let's, let's take the idea of a curse. It's more powerful when the person believes it. So it becomes, right. it, it just, it's something, you know, it, it's the way that their mind develops around whatever is happening to them. So back to the personal thing, you know. What I hear you right. saying then is that we have more of a role, I guess, or more of a we have more control over supernatural things that affect us than we believe. Is that yes. what you're saying? Yes. Not that we have superpowers, but we do have control because we can give our will over to this or not. We can be a part of it uh, per se, you know, or we can decide not to be. Or, I mean, in the sense that we're dealing with something, we ignore the fact of the fear factor. Because it seems to be that in all cases, it, it, it feeds off of your empathy and or fear. So if you don't give that, you are in control, aren't you? 
you don't give in to that. It's like giving in to a child. It, it, think of a demonic, not, well, it, this is this is kind of a, a dangerous area to be in, but think of demonic as a child. If, if that child is, is going around going, wah, 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 and you keep paying attention to it. Every time it wants your attention, it goes, wah, 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 wah. It's the same thing in a case. It's going to scare the liver bejeepers out of you, and it's going to do these certain things to gain your attention until you pay attention to it. Sure. It's like a whining child. I watched a really interesting video uh, on YouTube where the parents, when the parents weren't weren't there, uh, the child the, the child would act up. Only there was a, they put a camera in the kitchen, and you could see the kid, and he only acted up when he knew the parents were coming by. When so, is I mean, it, it's like almost like the demonic acts childlike in that way. It it, it 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 seeks to do things to influence certain things to gain your attention. So it can be. It's almost as though. And the church even feels this way too. The church, the, the the all the way back to the desert fathers and whatnot, had an idea that I mean, this is something basically that is not but is. And the way mm-hmm. that I interpret that is that when we give it recognition, it's like a tree falling in the forest. No one's there. Yeah. Nobody's there to hear it. I sure. actually, I actually wonder that about um, just more run of the mill hauntings as well. You know, yeah. are are they? Do they go on when we're not there, when we're not observing, when we're not recording, when our cameras aren't in place? You know, or do they, you know, when nobody's there, are they still doing their stuff? Or do we have to be there for a haunting to be occurring? Well, I've heard of individuals, you know, walking by a house and seeing a ghost look out the window. And that could be that you were just in the reasonable proximity. But, you know, it's a, that's a very good point you bring up. I do believe personally that um, it has to be you. I don't think it happens unless something's there, because something has to feed it. Right. That it's makes... almost like it feeds off of that, off of your empathy or your fear or some type of emotion. Sort of a symbiotic relationship is what you're suggesting. Like in a common haunting where you don't really have a spirit per se, you have this wraith that maybe the person tripped down a flight of stairs and you keep on hearing that same noise right, right, right. at the same time yeah. of the year. That's not really going to be a demonic or stuff like that. That's something, yeah. it seems like on a parapsychological level, uh, Rick, that would yeah. be some kind of impression, almost like a, a tape recording. Like a recording. It, it may be right. activated by somebody who maybe is in a mental state where they can't activate that. That can lead to a haunting because if they start believing that something's actually there, they can, something that's predatory can use that, if it's in the area, on a spiritual level, they can use that as an excuse to come into the person's life and take over. Like we'll say, like, uh, let's give a good example. People see a little girl. She's standing in the hallway. She don't even talk to them. They just see her every once in a while. She's not even t- touching anything or moving anything or nothing like that. But once they start to make communication, oh, you know something? She must be the ghost of a little girl. Let's make a little room upstairs for her. They put dolls up there. And all of a sudden, it, it's, it, it's moving the dolls around, and all of a sudden they're getting scratches on their arm. They're getting this happening. They're getting missing items. Their fires are spontaneously coming up. It's because you gave recognition. It's just... You, it's using something that might already be there. And it very well may be that another force, you know, like I said before, can take and use that as a gateway in. It seems to use anything, any opportunity to get in. So if we have a human spirit that is murdered or uh, maybe falls down a flight of stairs, like we have a hotel up here where a bride was coming down a flight of stairs. And, um, matter of fact, with brides now, when they use the facility, it's at the lighthouse in up, up here in Connecticut. And when you, when you come down the stairs, you feel like you're falling. And she did fall. She tripped over her dress and fell. But nobody's fallen. I mean, nobody's died. But it seems to be that there's something there. There's, there's, there's some type of um, essence. Right. 
You know, uh, a good prime example of an essence of, of, of a person. Uh, I, I forget what movie it was, but there was a dress that a woman was murdered, and they used it for the movie, and the actress uh, actually died. I forget what movie that was. Oh, my goodness. It was one of those um, strange Hollywood things I watched. Mm. But uh, they didn't realize that the woman was, was, uh, was uh, killed in that dress. Wow. So, I mean, you can have something that's attached to something. You know, um, a lot of times... Um, you can get spirits in a house. Maybe, maybe the man who built the house, because he put so much in it, a, a part of him is still there. I believe that we can have what's called wraiths. And this is not particularly a spirit that's really interactive with you. It's something you may see from time to time. I think, Rick, maybe you know, you know, you know where I'm going with this. It's, it's, a, yeah. it's, it's a repeater. You know, like in the Ghostbusters, it's something yeah. that's really, it's not there to even interact with you. But, I mean, after right. a while, if you start paying attention to it enough, um... Maybe the essence of it or something else can make contact with you, using it, using it as an opportunity. But well, I do I believe that hauntings don't happen. I don't think that the phenomenon is really happening unless somebody's there to witness it. Right. Right. It makes, really is the tree falling in the proverbial forest. Yeah, but that makes sense because, you know, there's a scientific principle, the observer effect, where yeah. the very act of observing something changes it. Yeah, but I don't. I, I don't see. Um, okay, if if we're talking the stone tape theory here, um, or what what is more commonly known as a uh, residual haunting, um, I don't think that there is. Th- this is not an essence of any kind. This is just somehow, just a video. It's it's a video. So I I don't I I can't. It's it's difficult for me to think that. Okay, I'm acknowledging. Um, like, for example, in my house, we have uh, a spirit that I call Man on Stairs. And I really grappled with, with a long time thinking that it's like, okay, this is just the stone tape theory. This is just a residual. No, I've he's not couple- residual, Rick. I know that you said that. <laughs> but it, it just, I cannot, un- I, it's, it's difficult for me to wrap my mind around that I am going to give credence to a video and all of a sudden it's real. So I, I can well, actually. What about the okay? What about the experiment where the Philip sitters experiment. sat down? And, oh, which I forgot what the name of the Philip experiment. Was. Philip yeah. experiment. Where yeah. and they actually made something that actually started to physically mm-hmm. react. Sure. Well, but there's a prime I, example for you right there, Rick. No, you know I, what, Rick? You can you're take. Absolutely right. You can believe that you have an illness and create that illness in your body. You can create right. it all out of nothing. Your stomach. Right, but you here's can, the thing. I, what it's I'm saying is what I mean, you give your energy to, you can yeah. make manifest. Okay, that's I, I, I totally understand that. But I've all I've I've long I have long believed that what they were doing, they were already they there, there was already existing paranormal activity there. There was a spirit there. I mean, let's face it, they did come in there. They came in there with a bunch of psychics, and they came in there um, with people that were able to directly contact spirits. So this could have just been a spirit in the Philip experiment that was like, "Hey, I'm going to mess with these people." That's true. So I mean, it's that's a, a, that's a possibility that that happened. I'm sorry, Dave. What'd you say? No, that's absolutely true. That is that is another option. You know, that's like yeah. the vastest of this. I don't know. You know, right. people say you know they. Well, we can you know, speculate. <laughs> you know, it's it's you can't be. There's no way. I mean, anybody you ever get anybody on this show that says they're an expert? Expert. Oh. You're right. <laughs> expert in what? Oh my god! I've been doing yeah. this since '87, and I'm not really sure what's going on here. I mean, I just I know that there's there's like some type of connection going on here, you know. And uh, we do our best to try to help people, but w- what this is in totality, not even close. Right. 
So should people be afraid, Dave? No. No, no, no. Um, I think they should try to learn on a very safe level. I, I think it should stay in the media, but I think it should be presented in a different way. You know, um, shows like yours where you're not, uh, your show is so non-biased. I mean, that's, I I mean, last time I was on, I mean, some shows I've been on, it's, it's, it's kind of, it goes away, you know, it's just some sort of way it goes. This is so open, you know, and, and because Rick has an idea, you have an idea, I have an idea, and it's just, it's, it's just amazing. This is such an openness, you know, and that's, I think that's what the public needs. They need a real openness. Not, they touched on it where they bring like UFO hunters and they bring a skeptic gun. That's, that's great. But, you know, it's, it's, it's good to be able to have a vastness where it's like a melting pot of minds, you know. What is this, you know, and then you could draw from each one of these people. Maybe you could start to make, you know, like a jigsaw puzzle. You start to mm-hmm. put some pieces together to get kind of a view of it. Instead of seeing that proverbial fence where there's a tail on one side and the head of a cat on the other, and everybody's right. in agreement or not in agreement whether that's a 40-foot cat or not. Right. Let's all go take a look over the fence. And if we can't go over the fence, let's look through the crack. So is there a body you, there? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think this all means, all of these, this phenomenon? And why is it so seemingly prevalent now? Everybody's got a paranormal story now. And that didn't used to be the case. Now, a lot of people were hiding their paranormal story before. But now, yeah. I mean, everybody's got a paranormal story. So why now? It, it's hard to say whether it's just the times, like we spoke about before with the, with everything being kind of in the forefront with the subject matter, with mm-hmm. the movies and the media and the radio shows and everything else on the Internet. Right. Um, it's hard to say. It's, it's hard to say why now you would see. But, you know, you know, it's been going on for a long time. I mean, we have haunted, yeah. we've had haunted houses since ancient Greece. I have, right. I have stories that could go back, way back. You know, I mean, um, even the, the Colosseum uh, is, is, is very haunted. The ancient Colosseum over in Greece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that. Uh, Look in Rome. Uh, there's one. There's one street. I forget the name of it. I'm, my mind is my my forgetfulness. Uh, there's a road where uh, Roman soldiers actually walk down, and people have seen Roman soldiers. Yeah, I, I've actually heard that story. That it, the people have actually tried to take pictures of them, thinking that they were somehow reenactors, <laughs> and yeah. uh, they weren't there at uh, all. Oh yeah. Speaking of reenactments, uh, I had a picture that was sent to me by some reenactors that were doing the Civil War reenactment. And they're all standing in the room, and uh, I don't know if they sent me this as a secondary person or with the first person. I don't remember, but there's a person you can see right through them, and his uniform is looks much older than theirs, and he's standing oh. with them. Yeah, That's it was cool. just before they were going to go out to do the reenactment. They're all getting dressed. You can see them putting their stuff on, and there's a guy standing off in the corner. Yeah. Well, but uh, when you're reenacting, you know, like I said, but, I, but it's just very sure. Oh, look at this story. There was a reenactment going on in Gettysburg. This happened back, I believe, in the 1980s. All right, mm-hmm. two men were taking a break from the reenactment. They sat on a stone out of the woods. Now, this is that sulfur thing that comes up again. Out of the woods came what they believed to be another reenactment guy. Okay, he came out of the woods. He was dressed in in really, really raggedy. Um, uh, Civil War type regalia with, with with his gun and everything. He looked, but he looked kind of drawn and and he just looked kind of funny. He reeked of sulfur. He said, I think he said to them, uh, "Good day, boys," or something like that. It was a very short line he said to them, and he handed them three musket rounds. They had these analyzed, and they were dated to the time of the Civil War. He walked wow. back into the woods. 
yeah, I, I, in in all honesty, I mean, weird stuff going on here. What's yeah. the sulfur smell all about, though? What's that? What's the sulfur smell all about? That fire and brimstone. You know, I mean, you can get all religious and stuff and say, but maybe you know, in that realm, maybe when they pass into this place, it's an elemental smell. You know, you ever walked into a like a garden center that has a lot of like potassium and magnesium and stuff that you? Oh, sure, garden? you can smell sure. it. Yeah, chemistry it's like class. that earthen kind of smell. Yeah. When you come across a demonic or a, a spirit of, of a human being, you always seem to get this. It's either an earthen smell or a putrefied kind of earthen cellar, putrefied. I think it smells like Mercaptan. Yeah. Yeah, Mercaptan is what it smells like to me. Mm-hmm. The stuff that Maybe they when they come into this existence, the elements, maybe it, 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 it clings to them. Maybe maybe it's something that follows them. I don't know if it's from the place that they are. Is it something like I said? This, the study of of fear that I, I was speaking about earlier is it something that we're smelling. It's coming off of us. Sure. I've only smelled so it once on an investigation. Point. It was that one I talked about earlier. Actually, come to think of it. Now, Dave, let me ask you this: you're you're a person of faith, correct? Um. Yeah. I mean, I work okay. directly with the church. Well, sure. That that that's what I mean. Now, from what I understand, with you know, with with Christianity, or what the Bible says, that it is appointed unto men once to live, or, or, or rather, it is appointed unto man to die, and then the judgment. How is it that um, you, you can believe in human spirits when, if you're just supposed to die and then pass on to your final reward, how is that possible? Well. Uh, I've come to the conclusion that we are kind of, well, Paul had said the Bible also, going back to Bible reference, Paul said that the Lord of this world is Satan. Well, if the Lord of of this world is Satan, and Lucifer reigns in hell, then we must be in half of that place. Okay. In a way. So half of that place revolves around us. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. It just can't come in unless you invite it like Count Dracula. Okay. Maybe that little kid at the window and sound lot. Open out the window. Well, the kid opened the window. We always need to open up the window. Look at look at look at Adomsky. He opened the window. Look at some of these people who use Ouija boards. They opened the window. Yeah. You know, he he opened the window with UFOs. Uh, they, they opened the window uh, with with uh, demons or Zozo or whatever they're doing. It's that opening of that door. It's your preference. It's your desire to open up that door. Just to take well, a peek. It's yeah. like, you know, it's a, good, it's a good example. Yeah, I like these movies. You know Creepshow? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Box. Yeah, yeah. The yes. guy said, hey, there's something shiny in that box. Hey, I can get that. And he reaches his arm in. Well, you know, don't put your arm in that hole. <laughs> we have a habit of looking into the abyss, and sometimes the abyss stares back at us. What that is, I don't know. And and the people, they, they make contact with this 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 other side, and they go, well, I got an ascended master. Well, how do you know what you're talking to? Yeah, I think it's you. I mean, you think it's going to let you know? It right. wants you to become a preacher and tell tell the people whatever it wants you to tell them. You're just a vessel. I don't care if it's the Virgin Mary, a saint, or if it's if the Pleiadian. I don't care if it appears as Jesus itself. You better be careful what you're dealing with. Fair mm-hmm. enough. So, Dave, we have come to the part of our show that we like to call Shameless Self Promotion Corner. So this is where you can promote websites or books or whatever you'd like. So go for it. 
Well, we have a book coming out. We're going to be publishing it. It's 18 chapters of cases of the past 26 years. Some of the cases were premiered on A Haunting. Um, I hope that people enjoy it. Uh, it should be out pretty soon. Um, What's it called? Uh, we, are to, we are going to do a program in Groton, Connecticut, um, at the Best Western, at the Conference Center Best, at the Best Western. Uh, we're hoping that's going to happen, but if not, it's going to be given a rain date. They can find out more about that on my Facebook Okay. Which is uh, Dave Constantine dot uh, Dave dot Constantine dot five, uh, and that's at Facebook. So you just put the, uh, written the, out the, five or the number five, Dave. Uh, the number five. Okay. So it's a dot Dave dot Constantine dot five. Okay. You can go to my Facebook. Um, what else we got going on? We're handling cases right now. We just came off the sabbatical. We take a break a little, you know, every once in a while, especially towards uh, you know Christmas time and whatnot. Sure. Just to take a short breather. Uh, but we're going to be um, probably lecturing with a brand new lecture. It's uh, basically beyond the paranormal is uh, what it's titled, and it's going to be including a lot of what we talked about tonight. It's going to be talking about these crossover cases much Great. more, you know. And I have, you know, there's videos that I play and case files that I've I've worked with, uh, cases that they heard saw on a haunting that had other phenomenon that occurred that were not included in the episode. We'll say like Hell House to give you an example. Men in Black showed up at that house. But that wasn't mentioned in the show. So these, there's cer- certain things that, you know. Uh, but uh, other than that, right now, like I said, we just came off sabbatical, and um, we're going to be putting up uh, probably a brand-new website within the next couple of months. Nice. So uh, cool. that should it's going to take a little while, because what we want to do is we want to make it a little bit more concise. We want to make it so it's a little bit more friendly towards researchers. Because we're not gonna, we feel like we're not going to be here forever, and anything that we may have learned, be it that it's good or bad, um, maybe they could dis- they could discern it themselves and gain a little knowledge from it. Um, if not, I mean, that's totally up to them. But, I mean, just to put it out there and put it in a way that they can understand. Because a lot of these things are very confusing. And uh, even down to the word demon. You know, the word sure. demon means knowledge. So that confuses everybody. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then you got words that come up, uh, did you? And that's got two different connotations. That means the dead right. or means demons. So um, we're going to try to explain that. So, What's the website? The web, my website is www.phantasmpsiresearch.com. Okay. They can also contact me. Uh, we have a uh, the Phantasm Video Vault on YouTube, which has uh, a lot of videos up there about different subjects, uh, things that are going on in the world, uh, stuff about us, lecture stuff. Uh, we also, uh, people can contact me on, on uh, the LinkedIn, um, Facebook, uh, by email. But uh, that's about it for me. Uh, just handling cases—that's my primary goal. Well, you know, I, like I, um, I get involved with these things. Uh, well, as a matter of fact, we're going to be doing—I'm um, doing another three episodes of A Haunting as it stands right now. Oh, oh that show's still on. Another three. I didn't even know it was still on. Yeah, neither did. Oh, I. sure, sure. I just finished up one. It's called Mark by Evil. It was released on September 29th of 2013. You might want to check that out. I will check that it was, out. Definitely. That was one of the first episodes where we showed the actual fo- photographs of the foot-long slashes that were all over this woman's body. Oh, scary. Goodness. So you can check that out. Uh, you can go to... Uh, ooh, where can you see that? Um, Comcast uh, On Demand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be on demand. You can just look it up. Uh, look up Mark by Evil, A Haunting Mark by Evil, and uh, okay. you can probably watch it online. Yeah, I know that, I know they repeat the shows, but they're going into season seven. Wow, so I had no idea. Yep. So, I really I like the haunting. They're working with them for ten years now. Wow, cool. Okay. The first well, season. Had a lot of fun. But uh, thank you so much for having me on. 
Well, thank you for coming on. You're welcome back anytime. You got something to tell us, you let Cheryl know. We'll make time for you. I definitely will. And I'll let you know, uh, I'll send you guys a copy of the book when it comes out. Fantastic. Okay. Well, maybe, you know what, Dave? When the book comes out, you come back, we'll talk about the book. Sure, sure. We can talk about the cases. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, one thing I want to mention is that uh, we made sure that this book, uh, the cases are not similar. We handle a lot of different subjects, sure. uh, including, uh, I mean, just everything. So we wanted to make sure that it was it was a vast array of, of different subject matters. So, but uh, all in all, thank you so much for having me on. It was, yeah. it was my pleasure, and I'll be heading off to the dentist tomorrow. So, all right. Well, good, good luck, luck with the broken that. tooth, Dave. <laughs> Thank okay, you. Okay, good night, everybody. Have and, a good uh, evening. thanks, everybody, for listening. Yeah, good night. Good night, Dave. Bye-bye. All right, you guys, that was Dave Considine, and um, we've been having some pretty interesting discussion this evening. I hope that you learned a lot and that you enjoyed it. Um, usually we do because we get pretty good guests because Cheryl's a good producer. Oh. Don't let that go to your head, Cheryl. Cheryl's the best. Wait, what'd you say? I didn't Nothing. hear that. <laughs> I have laryngitis. I have my voice. Yeah. No, um, thank you, thank you, and it's 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 really all our guests. So thank you yeah, to them for sure. So Cheryl, yes, what are we doing next week? Next week we have Jill Marie Morris. Oh, that's right! Oh. Yay! I better Yay. read her book. This yeah, week. I need to finish it. Um, and she is a psychic medium, and she is also an author, and she's written several books. And her new book is called Saint Centers and Sacred Ground. And so we're going to talk with her about all sorts of good stuff. And, and she's um, a lovely person, too. She's, oh, yeah, she's, she's sweetie. Totally. Yeah. And she's really her. funny, too. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and coming up yeah. after this show, Chuck mm-hmm. is going to be talking to Jay from Ghost Mine, right? He is. Yeah. From Ghost Mine. Maybe we'll get some insights on if we're going to get to see any more Ghost Mine or, you know, yeah, insights yeah. from the show that, that have already been done. So that would be great. Well, if you stick around after Paranormal Underground goes off the air, stick around for Chuck's show in the dark radio. Because Jay's a cool guy. I've met him. Good guy. Awesome. Yeah. There you go. You know, I, I never really actually got a chance to see the show because when oh, it was on... Those mine. Yeah, when it was on, we we didn't have sci-fi. We had to kind of scale back a little bit, but now we've oh, able yeah. to, you know, to it's, come, you know... Never it's very it. entertaining. If you can pick it up on, like, I don't know, Amazon or Netflix or something, watch it because it's a good show. It's I, I, you know, I'm not one for the ghost shows particularly, and right. I really enjoy Ghost Mind. So, okay. I yeah, hope that they come back. Um, I know that I, I don't know. I, I know that at one point there were not plans to come back, but I hope that they do. Okay. So, Rick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, um. Tomorrow night, I will be appearing uh, as a guest. I will be on the other side of the table, getting probably getting the grilling that I so richly deserve. Probably on a, <laughs> on Paranormal Review Radio at BlogTalkRadio.com. Uh, it's a local show here. Um, well, one of the hosts, anyways. She lives on. She lives in Chicago. Um, what time will that be? That is nine to ten. Uh, nine to ten p.m. Central Time, my time. Well, that's like flyover time. Okay. So I don't, you know, I, I don't know what it is, but I have got the worst time figuring out time zones. I hate time zones. Well, you have to do math. It, it, see, and math, that's just not math, math. Yeah, math. Math is uh, yeah. Math, math. 
we just don't get along. And math I try, hates me. I try to avoid math as much as humanly possible. I do yeah. understand. So, Cheryl, so we have Jill Marie. Um, yes. Anything else exciting coming up? Yeah, I can tell you about a few more shows we have. On March 6th, we have Jolene Spooky Riley. She's the founder and lead investigator of Gettysburg Paranormal As- Association. And oh, she is, we get to talk about Gettysburg. Oh, can you believe it? How awesome is Love that? Gettysburg. She's also the author of Ghostly Encounters of Gettysburg, and she has either just published or will be p- soon publishing another book about Gettysburg, I believe. Fantastic. The week after, March 13th, we have Keith Weldon of chill seekers so we'll get to talk to him about his group and what they're all about and their investigations and then on march 20th we will be having a return guest with jackie klebe and she is now with pacific coast spirit watch and she also investigates with paranormal safari and so tony anderson from paranormal safari will also be joining us for that show so big shoes on the horizon yeah, interesting stuff coming up. Very good. All right, and um, we, of course, have the February issue of the magazine out. March will be out in a few weeks because, as you know, February, short month. Yes. Yeah, actually, we have um, March issue, the March issue is shaping up, and it's looking to be another killer issue. I'm really excited. We have an article. It's a cover story, actually. It's a, it's a Q&A profile that Chuck, Gotsky did on Chris Fleming and he actually he had talked with Chris uh, when he was uh, recording the interview and it was quite a long interview so we have some in-depth insights from Chris and you might remember him Great. from shows like Dead Famous, Psychic Kids, he's been on yeah. as a, a guest on other shows such as Ghost Hunters and Ghost yeah. Adventures Live and, and really I think it's you don't you don't get insights to people when you're watching them on a show i mean you really don't get any good insights about the real them a lot of times and so i think when you get to to read about them in detail where they're actually talking about you know what happened to them growing up and how they got to where they are now and it's really very interesting it gives you a new look at someone in a different light so yeah you know i actually thought and i know rick is gonna just totally get mad at me for bringing this up but i actually thought february february issue that um paul's article with james randy gave some interesting insight into Mm. him it it did give some interesting insight um i disagreed with most of it but (laughs) i disagree with him too but you know what he's a guy who's passionate about Passionate it, about his own his own belief system or lack thereof. Yeah. Oh, well, he's totally. also passionate about making people like us look and sound and seem like complete and total fools. So well, I understand, that's my but it's still it's still interesting to read that little that it's. I mean, because it doesn't really talk about that. It talks about more things that interest him, and and it just gives you a little bit of insight into a guy that you know many people in our field think is kind of not a great guy so you know and he's still a human being yes of course yeah and it did give a framework around around his thoughts about why why he says and does certain things that of course a lot of us probably listening to the show you know don't agree with but Mm -hmm. um it was different it was different Mm -hmm. and um, i'm glad paul did it and uh yeah i was actually i wasn't offended by it at all like i say i disagree with him but i can i can still respect the guy 
Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I would hope that he would give me the same respect, but probably not. Probably not. <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> oh, so anyway, um, anything else we need to talk about, or should we should we exit stage left a little early this evening, since my voice seems to be fading? I think we're good yeah. to go. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I I also want to thank Dave Considine because oh, yeah, he absolutely. he really is so interesting. I love I could just sit back and just listen to him talk because he talks about so many interesting things, and I like hearing his viewpoint on on things and his take on certain things. Very and, different take on things than I have. Yeah, yeah so um, it's it's really interesting. It's okay. mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. So thanks to Dave, and we will uh, we will hopefully talk to him when he gets his book out. Yeah, but I'm going to be lying in bed tonight thinking about, not like in a scared way, but just kind of the connections between all of the things that he was talking about. That's the kind of stuff that mm-hmm. kind of leaves me staring at the ceiling yeah, thinking. Yeah, I hear you. You know, not in a scared way. Like right. I say, just more in a, whoa, you yeah. just blew my mind way. So. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and he's right, though, about, you know, with a lot of, with, with the alien stuff, that there does seem to be spiritual things involved, because that's mm-hmm. a lot of times what you hear from, um, ex- you know, our uh, c- contactees or experiencers, they have like a spiritual message that they want to bring across. Right. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. All right. Well, so guys, next week, Jill Marie. Yay. Yeah, it'll be fun. So, um, in the meantime, you guys have a really good week. We'll be back next Thursday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, other times in the flyover states. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network. Good night. Good night. If you'd be a guest on Paranormal Underground Radio, email editor at paranormalunderground.net. Until next time, keep exploring the unexplained at paranormalunderground.net. Please join us next week for Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network.